0: This is Power 98.7, and now you're listening to
1: Power Talk with Leratombele. Weekdays, 9 a.m. to midday on Power 98.7. Taking your calls on 0861-987-000. The time is 11 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock. Thank you very much to the news teams. And just before we went to the news, you know, one of our callers raised the important issue of what is happening on the ground in Khartoum in Sudan. Um, Why is it happening? And he uh, offered some suggestions of his own. What we do know is that um, the flare-ups in the country has now led to... um, uh, uh, um, a humanitarian and a, a refugee uh, crisis that is uh, burgeoning, I'm going to say. Um, we heard that South Africa uh, is struggling to evacuate uh, nationals from the country, but I have to qualify, it's not just South Africa that's struggling. Already there are reports that both Canada and Great Britain have issued uh, advisories to their citizens to just keep safe in uh Places of safety where they find themselves because the corridors of evacuation seem to be blocked or impeded. And so this is now a problem for many countries, not just South Africa. Um, UNHCR officials told a Geneva briefing that um, they are poised for about 270,000 people to flee across Sudan's borders into neighboring countries. Those would be nationals in the country who can't find refuge or have been displaced because of the fighting. And so it's estimated that they are going to to try to find cover uh, in seven neighboring countries, projections being Egypt uh, to the north of Sudan, Eritrea, Ethiopia, to the south, the Central African Republic, on the southwestern wing, Libya as well. Um, And all of this has to do with uh, conflicts between two very powerful um, leaders in the military uh, and what is called the paramilitary group, the RSF leader Mohamed Hamdan Dagalo, along with the commander of the National Army Abdel Fattah Al Buran. Let's get an update now from Mohammed Omar Adam in Sudan. Mohammed, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, can yeah. you just paint a picture for us? What is the situation like right now where you are?
0: Um. um well, with regards to uh, military operations right now, I think in Khartoum we are a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit of calm because uh, of the uh, truce announced two days ago, and um, uh, there is little activity at this time of the day. Usually, we used to hear um, um, fire, uh, you know, mm. uh, planes hovering, mm. uh, sorties. It's, it's a very hectic situation. It was a very hectic situation actually today and yesterday. It's a little bit calm. However, in the various states of the country, we still have activities going on. But um, uh, all in all, it's a very dense, um, uh, Mm. dramatic situation Mm. for people who have never been um, accustomed or used to war or situation. And um, of course, uh, it reflected uh, on, on all aspects of life here. Um, from the uh, social to economic to security to all all aspects of life have been turned all around. So it's a little bit um, mm. messy situation actually for us.
1: Okay, so you've painted quite a picture for us, you know, the humming of helicopters overhead, the whirring of yeah. guns uh, in the distance, you know, plumes of smoke, yeah. that sort of thing. And as you're saying, you've become accustomed to it in recent days. But for people who've just yeah. been living an ordinary day-to-day life, um, it's very scary.
0: Yes, that, that, that's true, actually. It interrupted the whole uh, the pattern of your life. Um, it's, uh, for most of Sudanese here, um, uh, after the Ramadan, mm. you know, the fasting month of the, of the Muslim uh, community, where, when that time comes, when at the end of Ramadan, there is this, this prayer. Usually it is done outside, in the open, uh, people go was there in very white, very new dresses and the like. But this time, they, this time, it wasn't possible at all. People mm-hmm. had to do their prayers inside mosque in confinement. Uh, we have drones uh, going over that place everywhere. There is a, a group of people gathering, and um, people risk being shot at. Um, uh, there are uh, troops going in the streets. Uh, streets are vacant, people are told to stay at home, and uh, and um, active military activities, operations actually, um, shooting uh, in Khartoum itself, inside the town, in downtown where the, the actual fighting was going on. Um, we have footage and report and uh, eyewitnesses we were talking about bodies and bodies and bodies littering the streets of Khartoum. Um, people were not able even to go and bury these bodies. So uh, if that continues for a, a couple of days um right. come, then I think we are, we are facing okay. a, a- a very tragic
1: situation in the future. So, Mohammed Adam, we're obviously following the situation because we've had more than 74 South African nationals and many of our compatriots in this region who have needed to uh, leave the country. And so our government's been engaged quite intimately. So we sort of understand what's Uh going on, but I don't think we really get a clear picture. What we've been told or what we've been made to understand is that there are two... um, armies, really, that are in operation there. One is officially a national army, um, and another one is a paramilitary army. Both were set up by Omar al-Bashir before his ouster, and both are jostling yeah. for power. Um, that's sort of how we understand it. Uh, could you just give us a clearer picture? Uh,
0: well, yes. Uh, let me put it this way. Uh, the um, When the South, when South Sudan separated actually we got it independent in 2011 uh, before that there was a a, a, a revolution um, a rebellion in Darfur, mm. and uh, it became sort of very um, uh, disturbing for the government to fight in this house and then all of a sudden it had uh, it had to face a rebellion in an area the size of continental France um, so what happened was that the uh, the army you know, the movement of the army is, is limited, uh, very slow. They had to create something. This is, this is, this was the argument actually. They had to create a troops, a sort of uh, militia that will save off, that will be very quick, agile and very, very quick in moving around, uh, doing the same uh, militia, uh, you know, uh, hit and run uh, tactics. This is how the rapid support forces, now led by uh, Mohammed Hamdan Daglo. Was created,
1: mm.
0: but in 2013, Omar al-Bashir legalized, in a way, these these troops, and uh, affiliated them to the to the in a loose chain of command, affiliated them to the army, but under his direct supervision. Now, this is a very messy situation because you have a, 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 an army which is established uh, for about over a hundred years, uh, very professional and the like. Yeah. And uh, you have a new kama uh, uh with powers mm-hmm. and uh, Danilo was not only a leader of that uh, rapid support force no he also established some sort of a, a, an economic uh, empire uh, the area which in which he was operating uh, that four regions is known to be very rich in gold and mm-hmm. other of course okay. so he created some sort of uh, an 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 economic uh, Empire and in two thousand and nineteen when the when Bashir was ousted um, and there was some sort of chaos everywhere the current um, government is, as, along with the with the civilians at the time there was there was uh, um, a combined some sort of uh, civilian military government they brought forces from the rapid support forces to Khartoum to help um, uh, um enforce you know uh, law uh protect the establishments, and at the time because there were so many so many you know road blocking and the like it was a messy situation they had to have the help all that now when he came here Daglo, along with his troops uh and the new um riches that he gained from the uh, from the from the gold selling gold to a number of well urban uh, western countries and Gulf- region, of course, Um, he started um, installing himself in a very uh, imposing situation way. Yeah. Uh, Well, and then uh, there was a coup, another coup inside the coup in October 2021. Mm. Uh, After that coup, he was named the Vice President of the Sovereign Council. Uh, okay. Sovereign Council. This is a, a, the collective presidency. Okay. So he was the vice president. Now, if, if you if you imagine this situation, if Burhan, who is the head of the of the Sovereign Council, goes, who would be president?
1: Mm.
0: I mean, of course. Yeah. So in this case, this is how you could understand that there is a, a, a power right. struggle.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, between the two.
1: All right. So now,
0: this guy. Uh, yes,
1: yes. Okay, yes, so so okay, so we get we, so it's quite intricate, it's quite intimate, and it's about two big egos, yeah. two political forces, and central to it yeah. is an ousted president who, my understanding, is in jail awaiting trial for all sorts of other issues. And I wonder how much power Omar al Bashir still wields um, in in Sudan, even though he's out of the political scene.
0: Well, I will give you a piece of uh, story <laughs> and he was Omar Bashir is now out of the prison. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, many of the of the during this 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 troubles these 10 days um, uh, uh, sustenance uh, food the water electricity was cut from most of the of the prisons and roads uh, road were blocks uh, military operations were going on um, all sorts of cases you, you could imagine mm. what happened was that uh, some people and this is the Ministry of Foreign Affairs is, is accusing the rapid support forces of being behind this. Um, open the, the main, many of the prisons. We have a prison in Khartoum, um,
1: uh,
0: in west of Khartoum, another one in east of Khartoum, a third one in central Khartoum. This is the central Khartoum. This is a copper prison. It's a central prison where you, you, you place the highly uh, VIP okay. guys, right. uh, detainees and the like. So uh, most of these prisons had been broken in, and people were uh, were, were left. With, with ah. They had to leave, of course. Okay. Because you can't feed them, you can't uh, yeah. provide electricity, you can't provide okay. health service, you can't sanitation okay. and the like. So Omar Bashir, exactly. along with many of his, yes, is out now.
1: Okay, so he's out. And, uh, so so this tension created a problem where it was impossible yes. to to provide facilities, uh, you know, resources and sustenance for the prisoners. So there's yes. been a it's That's created it. an opportunity to bust them out. Okay, so let's yes. talk about diplomacy. <laughs> Let's talk about diplomacy and what's happening. So the U.S. State Department uh, says it's continuing to really implore on the different sides to introduce and extend the ceasefire and observe it. And they are coordinating their efforts with regional partners um, like the AU and other partners in this part of of, of Africa, IGAD and the like. So are any of these efforts yielding any results?
0: Um, yes, this, this is of course, this is the second um, um, cessation of hostility mm. uh, reached during these uh, seven days uh, since the fighting started. Mm. Uh, this one is holding. The first one wasn't. Of course, there was the so many. Mm. It was, it's still, um, it's only in Khartoum that we are witnessing this scan, this But outside Khartoum, where the rapid uh, support forces, each party is trying to, you know, move uh, support from here and there, resources and the like, troops. Um, we still hear of uh, some fighting going on in the university but in Khartoum it's holding uh, it's okay and uh, what is not holding is that there are so many unruly elements going around uh, and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs here and the other officials are accusing the uh, members of the Rapid support forces of being behind many of these um, um, mm-hmm. developments attacking some of the breaking into some of the uh, uh, dueling of ambassadors, diplomatic missions, right. uh, dozens of cases reported uh, by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Okay. So, all in all, um, you could say that yes. Um, theoretically, yes, the, um, the army is saying we are holding, we are, okay. we are observing this as station of facilities. The Rapid Support Force is saying yes, we are um, observing it and um but um, tragically uh, it's only um to, eva- to yeah okay to so e- evacuate the 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 expatriate right. for the Sudanese themselves for the ordinary guys it's, it still doesn't exist um uh, on the
1: ground okay, so the good but so the goodwill so, so the goodwill is that, not great but 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 everybody is committing themselves uh, to something
0: yes, 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 and I think sudan is 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 for the um uh, A role to be played by the African Union and the Mm. IGAD groups. Um, Mm. After all, this is an African issue. It has to be resolved by Africans.
1: Yeah, and that's Uh, what I wanted to ask.
0: And I do totally agree with you.
1: And this yes. is what I wanted to ask. You know, there's been some criticism that the AU is silent. And then there was a response that says, just because people aren't tweeting and sending out circulars doesn't mean the AU is silent. Perhaps there's a lot of shuttle diplomacy taking place. They're speaking to one side, the other side, yes. bringing back messages. And they can't report on something until they can see a material change on the ground. Um, Are you, uh, that's are uh, you hearing about yeah, a lot right. of efforts uh, from the AU side? Yes.
0: Yes, you are right. You are totally right. And uh, of course, I think uh, the AU and IGAT are, after all, these are the Sudanese neighbors. They are aware of the mentality here. If you do work, you do operate, you do go around uh, mediating between people uh, in silence, usually it it's it exceeded in Sudan. Uh, the moment you start talking about you are in contact with this and that guy, um, they will come out um, and criticize your statement and then. Right. Everything will, will.
1: will fall apart. But I
0: know there is, there is, there is a lot of problems okay. uh, going right. on by the African Union, by IGAT, uh, and the like. All
1: right. So in the midst of all of this, the UNHCR is talking about, you know, shortages in supply food. You've also spoken about it as it pertains to prisons. And that's why there's been a, a call and, um, and action has been taken to free prisoners from prisons because... In the midst of all of this conflict, it's hard to get water and food into prisons. And so the former president has been, in inverted commas, busted out of prison uh, because they can't look after mm-hmm. him. So, so, so he's a free man for now because of this crisis. But this is a similar fate. Uh, shortages of food, water, medicines and fuel that ordinary people like yourself are having to endure. And what that means is that for all countries trying to evacuate their citizens, it's also becoming Mm. difficult to get people out because for those who are further away from Khartoum, you need the fuel to get them to Khartoum and then to get them out and to get them on a plane. So this is creating a bit of a problem even for evacuation.
0: It is. It is indeed. Um, a very bad situation. Actually because, uh, well, if you, if you are talking about food shortage and the like, it is very serious one. Um, uh, every canteen, every shop, every mall is closed. Um, uh, factories have been um, looted uh, and the like because people don't have, even if you have money, you can't find the community mm. to buy. Mm. So people started looting. And um, I, if it continues for about a week, uh, we will have a lot of problems. Fuel is very shortage of fuel because, um, uh, in the um, in the um, effort to impede the movement uh, of this and that party, um, mm-hmm. services stations have been blown up, and um, uh, the way the highway from Khartoum to to Port Sudan uh, is a little bit difficult, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, fuel is, is rare. Uh, Fuel prices have doubled, tripled, uh, or more, and um, uh, b- movement from one place to another is very well. Uh, uh, you have to be very cautious. Yeah. So I understand that many of the people who are in the in the, in the state um, will find it very difficult to come to Khartoum and to be evacuated. Yeah. Actually, because the Khartoum airport itself is is uh, well yeah. is closed. It has been damaged by the by the by the occupation by the by the forces that occupied it at the time. Yeah. And um, most of the people who have been evacuated were uh, evacuated either from a a, a, a military base um, west of, mm. of downtown Khartoum, mm. um, or from Port Sudan uh, yeah. on the Red Sea. Yeah. Uh, Port Sudan. Well, these are mostly these are the people who are um, from yeah. the Arab countries, the Gulf region. Yeah. Uh, Westerners actually um, uh, were flown either from Khartoum here uh, yeah. from the military base. Our uh, northern, far northern um, uh, Sudan right. from Egypt, but um, areas like Chad, Central African uh, Republic, and the like, yeah. very difficult to move over from there. So these yeah. are areas that witness actually um, military operations, uh, militias, tribal conflict, and the like. Right. So it's a uh,
1: very difficult situation situation, yeah Yeah. well thank you thank you so much for giving us an update it sounds like a difficult situation but also I guess that's your professionalism as a journalist you sound very calm in what is a truly tense Um, uncertain situation
0: well you know because I've been covering South Sudan for about years and years and uh, I am aware of the fact that uh, a reporter is a lousy reporter so I'm trying to stay
1: uh, head down Yeah, head down and keep safe. And thank you so much for just giving us an update of what's happening there. You know, uh, concerns that nearly 300,000 people are going to try to flee to safety in neighboring countries, whether those countries have the capacity to take in refugees, Um, I'm not certain of. But inside uh, some of the hotspots, there are shortages of water, shortages of food, of fuel, um, which then would make it difficult for evacuation aircraft to leave, uh, you're hearing of airports that have been bombed, roads that have been bombed. So, even to move from one city to another, where you would then get to an evacuation point, makes it even difficult to move. So, it's a really dire, dire situation. And we hope at some point sense does prevail. And just to clarify, yeah, there have been challenges in getting South Africans out, but it's not a South African problem, it's an international community problem. Even Western powers can't get their own people out of Sudan. And so we have to pray for peace. Time for the news.
0: You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.